The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. order the city council regular meeting um we're going to take out the uh pa 254 at some point um roll call please roll call mayor garrett present mayor pro tem Cantor. present council member jennings present council member Kinez. present council member miller present mayor Mad madam mayor you have a time thank you i invite everyone in the audience and in council to say the pledge of allegiance Pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I'll need the approval of the agenda, but it has to be adjusted. So I'll make a motion to uh, table the agenda item regarding the generator to uh, the next meeting on January 1st. We also need, thank you. Just for clarification, are you taking it off the agenda for tonight? Yeah. A, a table would be made at the time the item comes up. Okay. So I would just move to amend the agenda to remove it. Okay. I'll amend my motion to remove the item from the agenda. Is there a second? Second. Okay, it's removed and second. Uh, I don't think there really has to be a discussion for that. Um, and then we need to add public comments back on for items um, that are on the agenda, which is going to be after uh, presentations. Is it items on the agenda for the first one, or is it the second? Mm -hmm. one? Yeah, okay. items on the agenda for the um, for the first one, and that has um, historically gone after the consent agenda. Oh, so it's after for the public hearing. Okay, so sorry. So we need to add public comments for items on the agenda after the consent agenda. If someone can make the motion there. I'll make a motion to amend the agenda to add public comments for items on the agenda uh, to go between items number six and item number seven on the current agenda. Thank you. A second. One second. Well, hearing none, then we don't have public comment on um, the yeah. first public comment then. I'm suggesting that it goes from item six and seven. Oh, okay. Between the public hearing and actually the consent agenda. Oh, well then yes, I second it. Yes, of course. Sorry. Okay, it's been moved and second. Um I don't think there has to be a discussion around that one either. Okay, so total for the approval of the agenda. After all the amendments. Yeah. Make, make a motion to approve the agenda as amended. Second, please. Second. I moved in second. Um, next, we have presentations, which there are none. And then we have the. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. Just my brain. Yes. 
Is there any discussion about the approval of the agenda? There are none. Roll call, please. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Motion carried to approve the agenda. It's amended. Um, no presentations. We have the consent agenda and all the items listed under the consent agenda are considered to be routine and non-controversial by the city council and will be approved by one motion. There will be no separate discussion. If a discussion is desired, that item will be removed from the consent agenda and discussed separately immediately after the consent agenda approval in its normal sequence on the regular agenda. Is there anything that needs to be removed from, or you would like to discuss out of the consent agenda? Pardon me? Can we approve public comment? We already did that. No, I think. We're not there yet. Oh, okay. Is there anything that you want to take out of the consent agenda? H. Huh? H. You want to take H out no, to discuss it? No, that's fine. So moved and second. Um, there is no separate uh, discussion. Roll call, please. Mayor Potem Cantor. Yes. Councilmember Canaz. Yes. Councilmember Miller. Yes. Mayor Garrett. Yes. Councilmember Jennings. Yes. Motion carried to uh, approve the consent agenda. Thank you. Now we come to the um, point on the agenda where public comments for items that's on the agenda. Uh, the public can uh, speak to. Uh, Susie, can you tell us how we're going to be doing that now? All right. Well, uh, while Chief P is collecting uh, for in person public, uh, if, since we're still having some Zoom audio issues, uh, individuals that are interested in uh, commenting can cut. Uh, uh, let me see one They can check two four eight five two zero zero six one eight, and I will call individuals back in the order when they get those cuts. We'll receive public comments that way. Okay, can you um type the number in the chat again? Yes. And then when you get finished typing those in, can you get out of that seat? <laughs> <laughs> So again, this is going to be um, public uh, comments for items that are on the agenda, and you will have two minutes to speak. Two. Two. <laughs> uh, through Scopus 28050 Woodwork Way of the Village. Hi. Hi. Good night. Uh, good evening. Um, the, the council meeting was scheduled for 7 p.m.
and obviously very tardy in an announced uh, meeting. And I, I, I mean, it's something new, but if, if it's at 7 a.m., you should be here ready to go at 7 a.m. Uh, I'm here to talk about the uh, infrastructure study group. Um, this is a, a committee that was put together, I understand, to develop the road program, what was needed, um, um, you know, and put together some recommendations. Um, now the infrastructure group apparently has accepted the proposed, this is their word, the accepted proposal passed the infrastructure committee that recommended the city council the specific streets slated for each summer construction. Uh, are these people appointed by council, the uh, infrastructure committee? Oh, they are selected by the yeah, uh, point to point. There are certainly no terms, and yet they're they're they were put in charge of your roads, our roads. Um, something's definitely wrong with that. Um, then the first time they proposed, um, oh, by the way, uh, since I'm going to get cut off, um, dirt roads that are not paid for by the residents. I strongly recommend you do this tonight because you can approve the proposal, uh, but negate the one um, dirt road that's on there. No point in keeping this uh, road program at bay, uh, but um, dirt roads, people move there, they know it's a dirt road. Um, the city should yeah. not set a president. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your for the full two minutes that I was allowed. Thank you. Yeah. There's a floor for the Sorry. Hi, I'm Kimmy Horn. My residence is 18187 of Bill Boulevard. Um, I am in um, here for the role uh, question too. I just wanted to Put out, we moved um, in Lakeville 20 years ago, and because of the dirt road, that's one of the reasons why we moved there because it gives a real village feel. Um, I'm just, we're in support of keeping our dirt road. Um, we are right there in the corner of um, the restaurant, is there, Jagged Fork. And there's a lot of traffic now that comes through that area from Abella to San Rosa. And we are so afraid that if we had anything to do with having paved roads there, it would be like a freeway because it's already a cut through and they're speeding through there. Um, so that's basically why I'm here, just to um, put it out there that we would love to keep our dirt road there on Avila and San Rosa. Uh, and I'm, I'm speaking for our two neighbors that are across the street from us as well. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm back. My name is Joe Robinson. I sit on the infrastructure committee. Um, there was a notification that was put out via the villager, via whatever website, the Facebook, that said, hey, if you want to join the infrastructure committee, 
put in your application. Everybody had an opportunity to do that. Those of us that did, a committee was formed. Um, just to address what the last young lady said, all parties on a particular block have to be in agreement in order for a dirt road to be converted into a, a paved road. That's first thing first. And let me set the record clear. I was the one that told Bruce Cantor, hey, what about Meadowbrook? Because that road is high traffic. It, it's right there at the bank. There are a number of uh, people that miss the turn for the freeway, cut through, cut. come back around. Okay. So that's the reason why that road was proposed in the first place. Now, it's not the only road that was proposed, but that's the road I pushed for. And so if anybody wants to have take issue, you can take issue with me. It's shorter than the other road. It's cheaper than the other <clears> road. And it's got three times more traffic on that road in particular, which is why <clears> it was selected <throat> to be repaid in this in this um first wave. So there you go. Thank you. How many roads were given? Hmm? Oh that hi my name is Elaine Antonin. I made similar comments at the study session previous to this, but I found it very upsetting that a lot of the discussion which did make the meeting go longer, Mr. Purpose, um, was about disputing if gravel road should be paved. And I find this upsetting because I was part of the 63% voters that voted to pass the road millage in 2020 mm -hmm. with keeping in mind information available since July of 2020 that gravel road would be part of that millage, what the millage is taking. So I feel that it's very, disrespectful and I feel that it's very offensive to see a couple of council people and maybe even a couple of residents who have decided that either now they don't like that idea or they never like that idea mm -hmm. who are trying to subvert the will of the voters. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Is there anyone else in the hallway? No. And is we looking to see if there are people? Yep, somebody coming up. Yep. Hi, Jason Hammond, 27590 South Southeast. Um, I just want to uh, acknowledge that I, I, people in the city are angry. People, council are angry. People and staff are angry. And I implore all of you, like all of us, everybody who's involved in this meeting cares about it, to find ways to improve how we collaborate and communicate with each other so that we can support the city. Instead of grinding it out and trying to um, do, you know, set set records straight, I would encourage you to try and find ways to find commonalities, to find common ground, um, so that people can work in, in that can live in a city that has staff that is happy to come to work and feels that they are supported and has the support of, of a staff around them that's fully staffed and that they have the leadership that uh, Councilwoman Kinnett was mentioning during the study session, the city should have in its city offices. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else in the hallway? Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. 
And then he says Susie's parking numbers or. And while we're checking on that, I do apologize that the meeting didn't start at seven o'clock, but as stated um, during the study session, we um, was having technical difficulties for the people on Zoom. Um, normally we do start exactly at seven o'clock and this is the one off, so I do apologize for that. Hello, this is Susie Stack. You say it's a village. Who am I speaking with? Hi, this is Ashanti Blair, Vice President of the Southfield Board of Education. Hello, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm wonderful. Um, everyone here in City, um, City Council can hear you. Um, if you would like to give us your thoughts, I would like to extend. Uh, an offer for the city council to speak with the Southfield Board of Education regarding the resolution for the Lakewood School. Um, there's not much more that uh, I have to discuss now, but hopefully someone from the council will reach out or uh, myself or the board president will send the communication following this uh, meeting in hopes that we can discuss and learn a little bit more about the plans for like their village and the Lakeford school. So that's all we have. Wonderful. Uh, we will definitely be in contact. Um, and uh, I think I have your your contact information, but yes, we will certainly be in contact with you about uh, the the ideas for the the Lakeford school. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye bye. bye, -bye. Okay, I know that we have three people, Celine, um, not Declan, um, Dalton, thank you. Um, and then was it Mike Keenan was the third mm -hmm. person from earlier? Did they want to speak towards um, the road knowledge, I mean, road uh, recommendation? Yes, um, I would like to call or text uh, 248-520-0628. Um, so Salim, I see your hand up, so call that number. Sorry, what was the number? And again, there's some type of um, technical difficulty that uh, we are experiencing where we are able to hear the people that are doing it by Zoom, you all might be able to hear each other, but we can't hear you. Again, that phone number is 248-520-0618. Public hearing? There is no way for public hearing. Thank you. 
Good evening, this is Susie Smith. Hi, Susie. This is Celine. How are you? Wonderful. How are you doing, Celine? Everyone here in City, in city Council Chambers uh, is, is here and can hear you and yeah. like to hear your comments, please. Great. So this is related to the study session. Is that okay? Just the road, about the road recommendation? Yeah, about the road, about the yep. road improvements. Yeah, so I just want to make a comment. Um, you know, I was listening to the discussion during study study session, and I guess I was thinking, you know, why are we, frankly, why are we wasting our time with rehashing stuff that's already been determined and settled? I mean, we had a committee that was created. They they were diligent in their work. They came up with a recommendation. Um, it was, I think, they approved that recommendation unanimously. Presented to the city council. City council approved it unanimously. The city residents voted on it, approved it by 63%. So, I mean, that's it. The, the road improvement, met, you know, uh, plan had passed. So, the discussion I heard earlier, earlier with a couple of council members talking about why are we doing dirt roads, why are we doing this and that. I mean, that was all in that initial proposal that was accepted and voted on by the city residents, and you know. You can't go back on what the city, what the people want at this point. I don't think so. I think that's kind of ridiculous. So that's my main thing. My main concern is, you know, let's stop rehashing things that have been decided. Let's move on. Let's implement what we've passed and move on. Let's move the city forward. This constant bickering and rehashing of old um, issues is counterproductive to moving the city forward. And I think that this, the council members that are engaged in this are not do not have the best interests of the city at heart. Um, and just a quick comment on Mike Griffin's comment about about um, how that approval process worked in, this, in the committee. Kind of interesting because he was on the committee. He was on that infrastructure committee, part of that committee who approved the plan. So he knew dirt roads were going in. And so I just think it's kind of disingenuous of people to kind of change things now. Yes. All right, Celine, uh, your two minutes is up. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much for your comments. Have a great night. Bye. You too, bye. Hi, Ian, it's Susie. Um, everyone here at City Council can hear you, and uh, we're interested for your comments. Okay, thanks. Ian Ferguson, 2886 I'm really afraid that if it gets out, if this word gets out, that we have a council that is creating a toxic work environment, there is no way you're going to get a city manager mm. in the city of Lakeford Village. The three city managers that have been appointed have been doing an excellent job working overtime, making sure that the city is running in the right direction. And I cannot imagine that these three would actually do this work absolutely for free. They have, they have families, they have friends, they have to see. It's just an embarrassment. I'm asking this council to stop doing the five-minute sidebar and come together and talk about their differences. Get over the fact that things aren't going to be perfect. 
come together, reach across the aisle. That's what that, that statement means, reach across the aisle, no matter what the differences are. It's an embarrassment to hear you guys arguing on what camera, what video, what audio. Absolutely shameful, disgraceful, to say the least. I'm asking that the council get together and make this thing work. Move the city forward, for God's sake. You already ran out one city manager. Heaven knows if this gets out, not get another one. Please, I'm asking you, get together, call each other, for God's sake. Not this sidebar, two against three. That's all I keep hearing. It's an embarrassment. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Have a great night. Um, anyone else? I am not seeing any other comments. Yes, Mayor and Council, the special assessment role for no, um, 2021-01 is been presented to you. This is the starting of us to start um, moving forward to have the um, delinquent water bills put onto people's property taxes. It will come back before you in April. Um, we do give them till February 28th to pay off their bills if um, if they are able to before they are moved to taxes. And we ask that you approve it, the special role. Thank you. Who would like to uh, make the motion? I'll make the motion to approve the special assessment role. I'll second. Do I need to anything else? Well, it's adopt the, the adopt the attached resolution, and we know. Here. Page 74. I got you. Okay. I'll make the motion to adopt the attached resolution number two for special assessments, row number 2021 01. Second. It's been moved and second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Roll call. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Canton? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Next is. Next is going to be consideration of, of approval for the road recommendation. You want me to introduce it? Okay, I'll introduce it again. Um, so, as, as I said in the study session, um, before you is the road recommendation from the uh, infrastructure study group. Uh, way of background, in July of 2020, the infrastru infrastructure study group recommended a road improvement plan to council. Uh, council adopted the plan unanimously for implementation, provided the voters approved it, which they did in a two to one margin. Uh, the plan itself does call for the study group, uh, infrastructure study group, to make the road recommendations to council for each construction season. Uh, the 2021 and 2022 recommendations were made and approved by council. Um, and before you tonight are the 2023 road recommendations. Uh, the engineering team uh, has already done all the engineering work for 2022 and they need the approval of this um, recommendation in order to begin the engineering for the 2023 season. As far as the process goes, um, the way we selected these roads um, was to eliminate any bias. The initial road selection um, was made by the city engineer and the project manager, uh, not the committee members, and this was done 
so that we would have an unbiased selection um, as the uh, engineers are not aware of any city politics, uh, any, uh, or where various committee or council members reside, any resident concerns, and, and so on. So they base their, their selection solely on objective criteria such as the PASER ratings, which are uh, visual inspections of the road, uh, core sampling, so we did uh, three-foot core samples, uh, two per block in, in every road in the city, so that it basically gives the engineers the ability to look under the roads without tearing them up, and that factors into uh, which roads they, they choose for um, uh, uh, repaving work. And then they also look at other factors like the prior, prior paving history, parking mitigation, other infrastructure work that's going on simultaneously, cost considerations, and minimizing disruption. So the recommendation that you have in front of you is for 2.85 miles of roadway. Um, uh, there were no changes made to the initial recommendation from the engineers by the committee, and all work proposed for 2023 is the, the more simple uh, road resurfacing where we mill off the top three inches of, of asphalt and replace it with a, a, a new lay of uh, 3.5 inches of, of asphalt. Um, in addition to the, the recommendations for 2023, there were also two additional uh, updates for 2022 that were proposed by the uh, study group and, and put into the recommendation. Um, one is for Bloomfield from 11 Mile to Cambridge. Um, this is a, a, a road, road area, a roadway, road segment that requires intensive construction and the intensive construction road season is the 2022 season. Uh, it was overlooked by the committee and the engineers recommended that we move this to 2022. And then also, uh, we've heard a lot of discussion tonight, but um, uh, part of the uh, original proposal was to include a small amount of, of, of gravel road to be paved uh, by this um, uh, plan that was the voters approved. And uh, we had originally planned to include the uh, gravel road uh, to be paved in with the 2023 recommendation, but again, the city engineer reminded us that that's considered intensive construction, so we really need to do that during the intensive construction season, which is 2020, which is 2022. Thank you. There's no um, written um, recommendation in here, so um, city attorney, how would you like the recommendation to go state, have to be stated? How the proposed motion? Yeah, the motion. Adopting, I would, you could adopt the recommendation as proposed if that's the desire of council. Okay. Uh, someone wants to make the motion? to adopt the recommendation from the Infrastructure Committee. I'll make the motion to adopt the uh, recommendation from the Infrastructure Committee. I'll second the motion. It's been moved and second. Is there any discussion? Uh, yes. Can you show me where Meadowbrook Way was ever on any initial list? <clears throat> sure. I mean, if you look on the... Actually, I it's can not, tell you, go, not go, in the proposal. Go to, go to fixlvroads.com, mm -hmm. and the map that's on there will have Meadowbrook on it. Well, it has Meadowbrook on it, but it, there, it has I Meadowbrook didn't on see the, anywhere that it says that it was a selected road, because there's been multiple updates of that map. So it, I have really been looking to find where it has Meadowbrook. I have a saying, map that has all the eligible roads, if right. you'd like to see it. Right. No, I understand oh. that, but, but there's a lot of eligible roads on there that we're not doing anything with. So I, 
you know, keep saying that the residents voted for Meadowbrook Way and this was uh, something that was on the initial list. I haven't been able to find that anymore, so I don't. It's, it's I mean, go, the, the, the initial document on Fix LV Roads has never changed and it's, it shows the, all the eligible roads. Oh, okay, El eligible, right, but who made the decision to do Meadowbrook Way? That's what I'm asking. Where right. was the, that? The, the, the committee made, as I described in the study session, I talked about the process that we went through mm. as a committee to come up with that particular road. Okay. And as part of, you know, we, we voted as a group. Right. You also said Mike Griffin agreed to doing part, doing gravel roads. He said he didn't agree I to doing any that. gravel I roads. Never, I never said what I said, if you listen to what I said in the committee, in, in the study session, I said that we had originally the final draft in, in 20, uh, the final draft of the, of the, I'm blanking now, final draft of the 20, 20 uh, the, what year did we do this? 2020, the final draft in July of, of 2020 mm -hmm. that we put forward to council had a half a mile of gravel road on it. Michael Griffin was very against doing any gravel road at all, even though it had been voted on, well, at that point it hadn't been voted on, I take that back. Mm -hmm. um, he was very against it. The committee disagreed. Council disagreed, um, and we had we had a half a mile of road. He asked at the when we reviewed the final draft as a committee if we could find a way to reduce the amount of money we were spending on gravel roads, and put that money so that we could do more towards more asphalt roads. The committee, as I said earlier, was hoping to get his signature so we could have a unanimous recommendation to council. So we retooled it. We had a choice of removing either Meadowbrook or El Dorado. Michael wanted to uh, reduce the spending as much as possible. El Dorado, as I said earlier, has a price tag of 1.2 million per mile. Meadowbrook has a price tag of 800,000 per mile. El Dorado was longer, Meadowbrook was shorter. We also uh, suspected and later confirmed that Meadowbrook is much more highly traveled. Uh, and then there was a whole host of other concerns that we, we had. Um, uh, one we mentioned in, in response to uh, Barb's question earlier was the fact that, that that particular road has no realistic chance of ever being paved um, through an SAD. Uh, there were other things that I failed to mention, things like the setbacks, uh, the, the, the committee considered the setbacks, so the setbacks on streets like uh, El Dorado, you know, it's probably, I don't have the exact number, it's got maybe 30, 40, 50 feet. Um, <laughs> And the setbacks in, you know, on Meadowbrook are about 10 feet, so there's bigger dust issues, bigger noise issues. So there, there were a lot of reasons why the committee chose that road. Uh, Joe Robinson made public comment. She talked, as a committee member, she talked a little bit about, you know, what her opinion was or why she chose that road. I mean, the committee chose that road. We're recommending it. And did, you, did you do traffic studies on the other, um, other dirt roads no, to see traffic? Because that, that, that road goes right by Sunnybrook, right by your house, then goes into Meadowbrook. That's a cut through for people from Southfield Road to 11 Mile Road. I, I would think that 149 cars that you tracked as probably people cutting through to get off of Southfield Road and get over to but 696 no, or no, 11 Mile? the tracking was going the other way. The tracking measured cars coming into, the, into um, Sunnybrook off of 11 Mile Road. Oh, okay. Into Sunnybrook. I'm sorry, into, you said Sunnybrook, so it's stuck in my mind, into, into Meadowbrook off of 11 Mile Road. So it was one directional. It can, only, it can travel in only one direction? No, we measured, the way we measured the cars was coming from one direction. So we were measuring oh. cars coming off of 11 Mile Road. Oh, I didn't realize you So it wasn't people cutting through, it was people coming into the, into the subdivision. And, I mean, my, my 
guess is, is that most people are not coming in off of 11 mile to, and Scott, maybe you can verify that to, to cut through. If there's any cut through, it's coming from Southfield to go the other way. Well, so, normally that's what I would see is that you're going to, you're coming north off yeah. of 11 mile. Yeah. <clears throat> so that the 149 cars was cars going north coming into Meadowbrook. It wasn't anyone on Sunnybrook cutting through? Correct. No. No, the, the tool we use is our speed radar signs, mm -hmm. and that's only one directional. It does not go both. Oh, right. okay, okay. Right, and we just wanted to get a rough idea of, of okay. you know, what the traffic was, since those were the two finalist roads, and, and uh, the ro uh, the it was, it was a, about two to three times more, more, more traffic. What was that? The road commission recommends not paving the road until you have 500 vehicles on it a day, so I was just wondering why, you know, I, that's not, not really a... I know, I know you've mentioned it's a major thoroughfare. I, I don't see that as a major ingress. Major relative thoroughfare. Relative to the other dirt roads is what we said. Yeah. Is that the no, road commission's? Is that the road commission's um, recommendation for their roads or for a for, residential road? For, for residential oh. roads, there's a brochure. Scott, do you know? I don't know. I just have a problem with the precedent it's going to set. What do we do with the ten other blocks of dirt roads? We pave one and we leave the rest of them unpaved. What, what do we do with the, with the, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Okay, what, what do we do with the, the, the other two miles of 1A construction that we do? What do we do with the I'm half just, mile? I mean, you, things, things change. I, I'm, I'm just know, saying I, it's not fair to the residents who live on dirt roads who are going to be expected to pay for their, if this comes up again, is the city paying for all dirt roads? I I'm just so. asking about the precedent. I, I hope so. I mean, you know, things, things change. I mean, the... Um, you know, if, personally, if I were on council back when somebody was asked to pay for the roads, I would say no. The roads are a community benefit. Everybody should be paying for the roads. You know, we we we, move, we you know society changes. You know, rules changes, regulations change. I mean, when when we put in things like uh, you know uh, you know Medicare or, or Medicaid or you know Social Security, we didn't say well, we're not going to do this because people didn't get this benefit in the past. The society, society changed, and they said, all right, well, this is a good thing for the residents. But so, what they did do is they gave it to everybody. We're not giving it to everybody. I wish we could. We can't, right. and that's what I'm saying. I'm not comfortable with cherry-picking who gets it and who doesn't. How is it being cherry-picked? I mean, there's I mean, we 11 had, we had, roads. We had, to make a, we had to make a decision out of 26 just, miles of road. Opinion. We narrowed it down to the, the initial proposal. I mean, we put we put on the ballot in, in 2000, 2019 to do all roads. I agree. I saw it. And it didn't pass. So right. we had to make some hard decisions. I mean, there, there's 26 miles of road. We can't do it. We, we The committee recommended and council approved what we thought was a, a millage that would garner enough money to do a substantial chunk of road. And some roads are going to be left behind until the next time. That's the, the reality. I would have loved to have done all roads <coughs> and all gravel roads. Okay. But we've got to make hard decisions. I agree. I agree. And this so, is a hard decision. I, a I don't hard. know how to pick, you know, there's 40 residents on dirt roads and we're saying yes to three and no to 37. So anyway, yeah, that's my opinion. Okay. And I did, I was going to ask you, you said it was unanimous and I didn't see a signature the, from Michael The Griffin. council vote was unanimous. Oh, okay. Any more discussion? Roll call, please. Councilmember Miller? No. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Kinez? No. 
motion carried to approve the road recommendation. Thank you. Next up, we have the city administrator search firm. That would be you, Chief. Yes, Mayor and Council. You have three proposals in front of you. Uh, one is from GovHR, Baker Tilly, and then MML. All three of these firms are roughly around this. Well, you have one a little. You have one from 19,000 to 24.5. They roughly do the same thing. There are some a la carte options depending on which company you go with. Uh, MML has a couple unique features. Uh, one being uh, a um, a resident uh, meet and greet that uh, we've used in the past. Uh, as well, uh, if we go with the $19,000 top end at MML, they give a two-year guarantee that if the city manager that is picked leaves within that two years, then they will hold a search for you uh, encompasses with that price. They'll hold it for free. Thank you. Who would like to make a motion? Well, yeah, who would like to make a motion of um, which search firm to go with? I'll make a motion to approve the executive search firm of the Michigan Municipal League. So it'll be this motion. Yeah. Okay. Is there a second? Second. It's been moved and seconded. Is there any discussion? Yeah, I'm just concerned we just keep getting the same people all over that go from community to community. Just thought if we opened it up to a company that wasn't totally based here, uh, MML uh, you know, has a lot of resources for um, city staff and, and whatever. Uh, um, seems like it's not, not removed enough, I guess. Um, I know on the school district, we will go with uh, MASA, um, which is an administrator's organization for, for educators. Um, sometimes we didn't get a, a wide enough pool to, to choose from. Well, the last time that we um, did this, it was amazing. There was a couple of people that were not from Michigan that um, did come. Couple of finalists. Well, finally, yeah, finalists. I know one was 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 currently living in Michigan, but he was from Michigan. No, there was there was the two that were not living in Michigan and mm -hmm. not from Michigan, mm -hmm. and they were you know debating about uh, relocating. And I think there was someone that was living elsewhere and used to live in Michigan. Yeah, so um, the MML, I, I feel as though um, they do extend a, a, a large net. Um, I also like the fact of the MML knowing Michigan laws and, and just the um, relationship that we've had with them before. They're just uh, they're accommodating to come and find out exactly, you know, what we need, and they take the time to do that. Yeah, I like the the three things that I, I liked about the MML. You know, I think the, I think as Scott indicated, I think the three three firms are very familiar are very similar in what they do but the three things that i liked one is is that whereas i think the uh, non mml firms uh, had three i think it was three consulting uh, consultant visits um, the mml will include five and then they also do the community roundtable and the uh, the open house during the uh, interview process so, so that's included in there right. where the other ones do have it but you have to pay extra for yeah. it so i agree 
Yeah, and, and I think uh, one of the two, I think it was GovHR, um, their consultant travel expenses were not included in the 22-5. So, wow. so the expenses that they come from out of state, hotel, you know, for three visits, you know, their, their flights, whatever, that's all going to add to the expense as well. Okay. Any other discussion around this? Excuse me, which package are you recommending? Uh, the motion was for the MML. Yeah, but there's one for the 14 to uh, 17 and one for the 19 yeah. to 23. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm, my motion is to approve the the one that's in the, the, the $19,000. Oh, I see what you're asking. I'm sorry. So it was the, the $19,000 uh, executive search uh, plan from the MML. Does that need to be seconded again? No. It's a modification. The original seconder should second it. Okay. Second. Well, we'll be it. Any further discussion? Roll call, please. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Mayor Trustee Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Canez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? No. Motion carried. Thank you. Um, next is 19600 Forest Drive, House in the Woods. Good evening. Good evening. Do you want to introduce the panel, please? Yeah, Susie was going to introduce it, but she's still working. Um, <coughs> Mr. Root is here to, we gave him the um, bid to be able to sell the House in the Wood property for the city of Lather Village. He is here because council has not given him a price to sell on it, and then he would also like for the city to clean up some of the debris on the property and that to make it a better selling point. Um, and Mr. Brood is here if you have any questions. Thank you. Um, well, this one we'll have to discuss before we actually take a, a motion. So um, what was the price? Um, I thought I heard Karen say it was one, 190. I said 192, 195, I don't know. But, um, Anyone else want to um, kind of chime in? I'm fine with either of those. And, and, and well, let's talk about that first, I guess. So, I'm fine with Does that include us cleaning it? Well, that, that would be, that would be my next question. Price. Yeah, that, that's why I started to say something. Yeah. I, I, I mean, what does is, what is the rest of council think about, you know, putting some type of, of limit on spending how much we'll spend to clean up the property like maybe you know not to exceed 2500 3000 you know i don't i don't know what that number is but just putting that putting that on there so we we do a little bit of cleanup on there um and then you know so it'll hopefully will get us a, a higher asking price or a higher sale price and and maybe we can get the money out of out of that money that we invest to put in i'm just a little hesitant to put in a huge sum because we've already got ninety thousand dollars baked into this property that we lost so if I can maybe interrupt a little bit to help, help you out. Uh, I think that 189, 190 would be a fair asking price. Okay. Uh, it's not necessary that we do the cleanup right away. I'd really like to start on this. I think it's to the city's advantage if we start on this ASAP. It's been sitting there for a few years now. Uh, as far as, you know, if we can find someone that's willing to clean it up themselves over the next month, two months, great. If that doesn't work, then maybe uh, council, maybe the city could consider 
doing uh, some of the cleanup to the premises there. Uh, some of the cleanup you're going to be doing anyways, come spring, you're going to have to cut grass, uh, you know, remo remove brush, whatever. But, you know, we could start out now and perhaps someone will step forward who's willing to take that on and save the city the time, aggravation, and money. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I encourage that we start as soon as possible. Uh, I'd like to start, speak with, uh, with the uh, powers that be here, uh, tomorrow to start this off. Well, I'm, I personally was thinking um, the 190. Anyone else? Mayor, the other yeah. thing you have to talk about too is he also discussed about a land contract. Yeah, contract. Okay, so first. That would also be part of it. Right, so first is, you know, is 190 a, a price that we can all agree at? I can agree on 190. I can agree on 190. Or, mm -hmm. Okay, and so then land contract, because you have to um, kind of explain that one. Okay, land contract, the city is the bank. Mm -hmm. the, uh, any type of a purchaser would put down a sum of money. He pays you know, whatever can be worked out between the city and the purchaser. They pay a sum of money per month, usually about 1% per month at an interest rate. But this is predicated upon getting an offer. Again, any type of offer is at approval of the, of the city. And more specifically, I think eventually it has to be approved of by council. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not a situation where somebody comes in and say, well, we're only gonna pay $100 a month and it's zero interest. It's something that's negotiable between the city and the purchaser. So, you know, when, if someone's willing to pay cash for it, great. But please bear in mind that if you do go land contract, Okay, there is risk there because you're playing banker, okay? If you do go land contract, any type of development on that property, uh, if they want to get a loan to, to build up whatever they want to do, whatever is approved for by council, by the city, uh, you know, they have to pay off that lien. It has to be paid off. A, a bank will not lend money unless the property is free and clear. They want first position. Uh, and further, even, even if they didn't want to do that, uh, any contractors that come in, subcontractors, they want that property paid off. You know, it, it's got to be paid off eventually. So the risk is, is that if they're making their monthly payments and they, and they can't afford to, to, to goes build. Back on the, goes back on the market. Right. But they, they got to pay a sum of money up front. Okay, so as an example, they could say we'll go $50,000 down. If they can't complete the contract, they lose that money. They do not get it back. But you can just add that as an option in the listing. It's, it doesn't have to be land contract. Okay, it can be Karen, excuse me, but I didn't hear you. Oh, sorry. I said if you can just add that as an option, hm. it can be as cash, conventional, Land oh, contract. Yeah, absolutely. It have to I mean, be a land the, the ideal only. situation would be to, for somebody just to pay it outright. Right. It's something that's agreeable with the city, with the council. Right. That's the best thing right there. And then, of course, anybody that does purchase it will put forth a plan as to what they want to do with the property. They're not going to buy it and then at a later date say, you know, well, let me put this forth, let me have this idea. They're going to have, it is going to be contingent upon council approval is what they want to do, the city's approval. Right. 
Okay. So you're just adding that option. Correct. Yes. You're adding an option. An option. Thank yeah. you. And John, the property. remind me, it's been a long time since I bought okay. a house. But, but isn't it the case that if, if they miss a payment, then it immediately, the, the $50,000 in the, your example would immediately come to the city and we could then well, relist okay. the property? Well, that, that okay. Yeah, there's, that, there's a process. You'd have to file what's payment. called a forfeiture, and right. they would have to forfeit. The court would have to adjudicate that. But, yeah, if they're, if they're in default... Typically, um, depending on how much they're in default, they either try to work out a resolution to get back in good graces, or you, the, the scenario where they just walk away from 50 grand is usually um, happens more so with the developer that has gone belly up and they're, right. they're gone. So I would think that, um, just from my perspective, for tonight's, the purpose for tonight's motion, uh, approving the selling price and then uh, giving John an understanding that the, the council would consider land contract as an option and that they will also consider uh, improving the condition of the property to make it more marketable. I don't think that the, the latter two need to be included in the motion. Okay. Well put. Thank you. Um, so who would like to make the motion of the uh, listing price being 190000 I'll make a motion to list the property at 190000 Second. It's been moved and second. Is there any um, additional discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Canez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Thank you. The next one, which is item E, we're going to remove that one out. Thank until you. our next Thank council you, meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, until our next um, meeting, just in case you have more information at that time. Okay. okay. So that will skip down to the COVID-19 protocols. Um, as we discussed in um, study session, uh, the idea of doing the study sessions the, the, the first of the month, doing the study session at the via Zoom. And then the second uh, study session in the meeting would be in chambers, um, masks being worn on, um, in city, uh, what am I trying to say? In city hall. But this was, you wrote yes. it up, ma'am. <laughs> Sorry, get my head back in to, to meeting space here. So yes, some of those, um, some of the, the items that you may wish to uh, consider is, uh, yes, having that first study session of the month uh, entirely via Zoom, um, and then the second one, uh, continue, the second study session and uh, regular meeting then uh, in chambers, and we'll work out our technical difficulties here. Um, you may want to require that, um, you know, staff and uh, committee board and committee members are required to wear their masks during the meetings. Um, you may just want to require masks for every single visitor right now, um, re you know, regardless of vaccination status. Uh, right now they're strongly recommended, but not required. Um, you may, you know, you may want to limit the capacity of, of, um, of City Hall overall, right, for visitors overall. Um, I, I'm not sure entirely what um, currently what it, what that limit would be. I was looking through the 
CDC recommendations prior to putting this packet together, and um, their guidance is not easy to decipher, I guess is a nice way to put it. So um, those are just some of the ideas um, that I had for you. Does that mean we're not renting out the community room? We are no, still renting out the community room. It's not happening nearly as frequently as it used to be. Um, yeah, there's there's limited um, there's limited capacity for that. I want the number that sticks in my head is around 50, but I, that please don't quote me on that. Um, and then will you request they follow the same protocol? All the guests have to have masks at their we event. Could, we could certainly so, implement that. Yeah. I'm just I don't know what's going on down there, so. I don't know. I don't, I'm not pushing that they have to. I'm sure people who are inviting them, I'm just saying what we do there, we should be doing here too. Agreed. I mean, Agreed. So a mass mandate of um, all uh, meetings and um, gatherings in City Hall, um, also coming to City Hall uh, regardless of immunization status, um, wearing a mask, and you said you already wiped down all of the sanitize everything after yes. each meeting. Yes. Does that sound like, you know, and then it would be on a per, we would revisit it. So it's gonna be, the end would be TBD because we would revisit it maybe kind of check in each meeting. We could check in each meeting yeah. every other month. However, you know, um, these CDC guidelines, as we all know, seem to change on a... I think it should just be a standing, uh, standing, standing uh, item for just, you know, so we'll have an update okay. whether or not it needs to be relaxed or it needs to, I don't know. Do you, do you get updates from the CDC or how did you come up with this or why, why was this even brought up? How does that come to you guys? I, this was, I mean, this was uh, just discussion concerning, I mean, as the numbers were rising, um, it was just discussion that came up to review the COVID protocols to see if they were, there were additional items that maybe we should uh, strengthen, relax, add to. Um, I did I did speak with Susie as well yeah. about this. So, yeah. so it was during the surge. So if that answers your question. You only could, sorry to interrupt you. I say my only concern is with with holding the study session entirely virtual. It is still an open meeting, and the relaxation of the Open Meetings Act does it hasn't changed. I mean, it's gone back to the original. So while we you you can participate remotely um, if it's a non-voting, I I'm not comfortable saying that we can do the entire meeting remotely, not having any person or any council person here so um, that I would I would advise against I know that's probably the the biggest provision that would be beneficial to everyone but um, I mean as you saw the issue with the technology tonight doing these hybrid in meetings are are unreliable at best and so my, my recommendation would be um, upping the other other precautionary measures but Coming in. Unless, yeah. there's some, unless there's some change coming out of Lansing that um, would allow for the entire meeting to be conducted virtually again, uh, I, I'm just not comfortable recommending that that, that yeah. action be implemented. I just need my space to be a little Sorry. bigger. Sorry. <laughs> 
I'm fine with um, having it all. Um, um, us coming in for uh, the study session and the meeting. Just set, have it set up exactly how it is now, where the people are in the other room, you know, um, mm -hmm. and mask mandate. Okay. So, do we need to take a um, action request on that, or is this kind of just protocol? Again, this is your. It's. I mean, this is more of a directive to staff. Okay. I mean, there's no. If there's going to be a, I, I don't believe we have a written policy on on COVID nineteen. If, if if we do, then I would recommend that it be a motion to amend that. But if it's just a, a directive to staff, then I no motion necessary. I think there is a policy that was it was adopted when all the emergency or yeah. adopted and put in place when the emergency orders were March um, still in effect. I think the last time it was updated was I want to say last June. Well, that's. My recommendation so. would be to put the policy <laughs> so to update. provide the, po the current policy to council and let them make, make it an action request at their next meeting. I mean, with the understanding that <clears throat> these implementations can, you know, staff can implement these additional precautions immediately, but actual amendment of the policy will come at a later time. Thank you. Um, the next is a proclamation for uh, James Smythe. Um, it's in memoriam honoring him. Um, whereas on behalf of the city of Lathrop Village, we wish to extend our sincere condolences to the family and friends of James Irving Smythe. And whereas James Smythe's death leaves our community with a deep feeling of sorrow for the loss of such an honored and respected person of the Lathrop Village community. And whereas on December 7th, 1953, he began his career in the United States Army, and after fulfilling his commitment, he was honorably discharged. And whereas James Smites proudly served as the principal of Southfield Lathrop High School for more than 26 years. And whereas James Smite was a proud resident of the city of Lathrop Village for over 50 years. And whereas on behalf of the city of Lathrop Village, we wish to extend our sincere condolences to his wife of 68 years, Marianne, son Mark, and daughters Kim and Natalie, and his entire family. Now therefore it be, excuse me, now therefore be it resolved that Mayor Michael Garrett and the Lathrop Village City Council, on behalf of the citizens of the city of Lathrop Village, do hereby present this special tribute in honoring of James Irving Smythe with sincere gratitude for his commitment to our community. In witness, wherefore, I'm sorry, I don't have my glasses on at all. We have here hereunto set our hand and caused the seal of the city of Lathrop Village to be affixed on this 24th day of January 2022. Yeah, I'd also like to send my condolences to the family. Um, Mr. Smythe, I can't call him James Smythe. Mr. Smythe was my principal for four years. <laughs> And I did keep in touch with him a little bit after after high school, way back. And he was just he was a great guy. He was supportive. I, I remember, you know, my my first uh, first race as a high school ski racer as a freshman, <laughs> coming down and going through the finish gate, and he was standing right there. And nobody upon nobody comes to watch high school high school skiing, and he was there. He came once a year. Just a great man. And I just it's, it's a it's a loss for the community. Uh, um, well, I get to call him Jim because he was my neighbor, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was really 
it really affected me um, extremely um, badly because it's something we share driveways. Um, so to watch him, you know, be outside and, and uh, also tell his friends that the mayor lives across the street from him, which I'm like, don't tell anybody else that, you know. Um, but, uh, and he also, him and Marianne came over um, when my son passed away and they were just so uh, this amazing and for us to both be in this situation uh, was also quite amazing. They're, they're good people and I'm so sorry that they have to uh, experience this. Oh, can I say something? Yes. I, I just want to say that Marianne and Jim have, have left and created quite a legacy in the community um, with their family members, with but with everything, all the support that they've given to the community over the years, and so it, it really is a, a real loss. Yeah, I agree. So um, I will give it to Marianne. Yes. When I get home. Okay. I just want to make sure if that's what your ideas were. Okay. Next, we have a resolution for the Lathrop School. Mm -hmm. Based on the, based on the uh, comments from the Southfield School District, I'd like to table that. Yes. Okay. So you have to make a motion to. I like. I'd like to make a motion to table the resolution for Lathrop School. Second. It's been moved and second. Any discussion? No discussion on it. Oh, Motion's my bad. Sorry. Well, roll call, please. Uh, Mayor Croton Cantor. Yes. Councilmember Kinez. Yes. Councilmember Miller. Yes. Mayor Garrett. Yes. Councilmember Jennings. Yes. Motion carried to table this item. Okay. Um, and now we're up to city administrator's report. I think I was, uh, I stepped back in the line or stepped forward, I got it. But, uh, oh, excuse me a second. You're going to bring this up during, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So just to give you a quick update, I know we spoke about it during um, the study session update on the city clerk position. Uh, we held interviews, uh, developed a, a list of, of folks. We did extend a conditional offer to our number one. Uh, unfortunately, uh, she declined and we then awesome. extended our second offer and we are waiting to hear um, if that person is willing to accept the offer or not. Um, second thing is we uh, had a new uh, door locking system installed it was a lot bigger task than what we all <laughs> thought it was going to be. It took about a week to do and some extra equipment that wasn't, uh, wasn't set in the quote, but they're going to take care of that. Um, it is up and running. It's going to take us a little bit to try to figure out. It's a, it's a cloud-based system, which is going to allow us a lot more flexibility than we had before. Uh, before, our com it was only one single computer in the whole city that ran it. So now that it's cloud-based, we have multiple administrators, so that way when there's special uh, events going on and the door locks uh, somehow don't get unlocked, we can do it from home from a computer. Okay. So it definitely gives us some more flexibility. Is it also going to timestamp who's coming in? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes, it does. Right now we're using uh, these kind of swipe cards. We're trying to figure out if the system is going to allow us to use our uh, Bluetooth and use a cell phone. Uh, if not, we're, we're going to look at potential options of going back to a key fob. It's kind of a, a user, whoever, whatever you like to do. This to me, I don't like. I liked it on the 
uh, my keys or on a phone. So yeah. we're again, we're looking at options. It'll take us a while to dial it in, but uh, it, so far it's been great. Okay. So. Um, Oh, we are doing uh, free COVID testing this weekend from uh, Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's going to be a drive-through, either rapid or PCR test. It is completely free. There's no insurance. Um, you can just drive through, and uh, they will do it for free. Great. Thanks for setting that up. Thank you. Yep. Taking the lead on that. Anything else? Just um, FYI, Chief, the, um, the traffic sign that's on Santa Barbara yes. is not working. So we've had, we've had issues with one of the signs. I believe it's that one. We've contacted the company. We're waiting for feedback. One of the things we did figure out is if the officers or whoever's changing the, the batteries out, if they disconnect it before installing the, the fully charged battery, mm -hmm. it's shutting down. It goes into a default mode. So again, it's it's communication is one issue. I think the other one we we're looking into with the company to see uh, what, why we're getting defaults, why we're not getting readings. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're working on. Just one to let you know. Thank you. City attorney. Mm -hmm. so you oh, did, you uh, have a question for me? I, I just Sorry. do because it was kind of a hot topic. I just wondered if there were any um, updates on the graffiti on 11 and Lathrop Boulevard, since it is a code violation and against the charter. The code enforcement has given them seven days, and they are. We we do have a contract with um, that they have with the company. Okay. They have um, seven days to get it covered up or do something, but then they're going to professionally do it this spring to clean it up completely. So they're supposed to be doing something to cover it. I do not know what that is yet. Okay, Scott, can you talk about that? I know we kind of discussed this. Yeah, it so is on private property. It, it, the city, you know, we can't go on. And, and just fix it uh, as much as we it would be beneficial to like I think I don't know if it was Karen somebody pointed out that it's you come into the city and it's the first thing you see is the turtle or whatever I can't remember what it was but slime that's it uh, Ghostbusters um, so but you know with I'll use the travel uh, Skyway travel as an example when that wall collapsed it took you know multiple court hearings before we finally got an order. To do it, and then ultimately, she, you know, to go an or, getting an order from the judge to go on the property to correct the violation. So, if if it's not resolved within the, the time frame allotted by uh, code enforcement, then the next step would be to issue a citation. We'd have a court hearing within probably 30 days. It would, you know, we typically have one to two dockets a month, um, and then based on what happened at that hearing, if if the property owners show up. And we can come up with a resolution. We could submit a stipulated order, giving them a, a period of time to correct it. And if not, the city would go on and correct it. Um, if they don't show up with COVID protocols at the 46th District Court now, they're giving them two, basically two additional adjournments. One more time to appear via Zoom. If they don't show up the second time, then they get a third opportunity to come in and they have to come in in person. If they don't come in after that third time, then we can submit an order for corrective action. So th this process has been drawn out, unfortunately, uh, because of COVID and because of the time, you know, the time it takes to, to get these orders. So 
if you're working with the property owner now, that's going to be your quickest. Well, that, that's what I was going to suggest. Is we do they did send us a copy of a, a signed contract. Uh, I believe it says it'll be done by the end of March. Okay. I mean, based on that, based on what you just outlined, do you just recommend we work with the property owner, or do you recommend at the end of the seven days do we issue a citation? Well, I would. Rec I mean, if again, depending on the status of it, I, I do agree. I think it there needs to be something done to that on the interim basis until they okay. can do do a full remediation of it um, whether that be you know hang something over it that covers it or just get out there and with a roller and roll over it for now um, I, i'm not sure what they're going to do but you know we would like to see the um, some sort of you know temporary remediation now we can't really force them. Hopefully they're not watching, but uh, we can't really force them to do that. But that that would be the you know a, a gentle suggestion. I think would be. The ordinance says graffiti is a public nuisance, and that they have ten days after they receive notice from the police chief to remedy it. We, we Why is still, it any different from what? We would still we still have to get a court order to be able to go onto their property to to remedy the nuisance. So if you go if you cut someone's lawn or do whatever, you have to get a court order to do that. The nuisance cuts are different because though every February we publish at, uh, in the paper that if your grass gets over a certain height, the city will cut it. That's considered their notice. So the nuisance cuts are different than abating a public nuisance. Um, it's like if somebody had an inoperable vehicle or a partially disassembled car in their driveway, we would still have to get an order from the court to be able to go onto private property to and, remove it? and to remove that car. Or um, mm. you know, we, we get it a lot with um, deteriorating structural property, uh, roof windows. Um, and unfortunately, we, we just had one last week where the it's a roof, and because of the time of year, the, the judge gave until the end of April to get it corrected before allowing the city to, to make that. And not that the city wants to put a $25,000 roof on everybody's house, but uh, it does often, more times than not, it does motivate the individual to either get it fixed or to sell the property. Um, so it, it, it's not a, quick, not a quick fix, unfortunately. I do. Can I ask a question? Do we have problem with gra graffiti in Lathrop? And what have we, how have we remedied it in the past? Uh, this is the first time I've uh, ever encountered any sort of problem with graffiti in the city. So um, I wouldn't say it's a perennial problem, but perhaps. It's not, it's not a large problem, and, and normally we just work with the property owner to get it taken care of. So I, can't, I can't remember ever prosecuting a case yeah. in... I mean, the property owner doesn't want that graffiti on their on their walls as much as we don't want there. So, no. I should, my suggestion: would be, What did we do? How was it remedied? Do we have a product we could recommend, or how could we, you know, help them move along with the the cleanup? I will reach out to them. I mean, there's a number of products that you can get through Home Depot. Again, the the temperature outside is not going to help us out at any. But again, if it warmed up, uh, the sun was out. You know, it, it could heat up that wall enough where, you know, maybe a temporary fix, a couple dollar mm -hmm. uh, cans of kills might work. Mm -hmm. Again, just trying to urge them to, to do some type of remedy, uh, temporary remedy, before it gets warmer, before they can uh, well, find, do find this contract. Out, uh, whatever kind of paint slimer you used. And yeah. 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 <laughs> and you can use the antipaint. Is that is that not an indicator of gang activity anymore? Well, uh, it, it doesn't really... <laughs> 
Someone it, it did that. It depends on how you look at it, but uh, you know what they're saying to me is not anything related to a gang activity. Okay. So. And who said the tarp? I mean, can we throw a tarp over it? We can't. I would. I would. I, we can't put anything on there. But I would not recommend asking them to put a tarp because that would probably look worse than the spray paint, big blue tarp hanging there. Oh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> have you seen it? Oh, yeah, I did. It's see huge. It. I saw it. You um, have something. Yeah. So under my city attorney report, I would. I did. We we briefly talked about it, and uh, Barb had uh, called me about this uh, last week or maybe a week and a half ago. This is just a draft proposal. Um, I do think it's it's it deals with the cannabis and the, and the current cannabis ordinance. I, I do think it's important, and, and my recommendation would be to to schedule a meeting where we we can have adequate time to kind of go over the current cannabis ordinance as well as potential avenues for moving forward. So this this is just a again this is just purely something to look at and, and get an idea. What what this is, um, this is a proposed charter amendment opting the city out of cannabis establishments. So kind of like what the city received from the cannabis group to amend the charter opting us in, this is the reverse of that. And so just real briefly, because I know everyone's probably really tired, uh, it's been a long meeting or meetings, but this has a couple benefits from the from the no cannabis perspective charter amendments are it's more difficult to amend a charter than it is to amend an ordinance so if any group or, or entity was interested in uh, amending or petitioning to have our ordinance amended you know uh, by amending the charter to opt out would make it much more difficult for them to be successful in that avenue um, it, it also there was a, an attorney that had been watching and been on a lot of our Zoom proceedings that um, represents the cannabis group. She had reached out uh, and sent an email to Bruce that brought, an brought to my attention an issue in the city of Grand Haven where their council has uh, addressing their cannabis ordinance in a very similar fashion to ours. They um, proposed to put it on the ballot and let the residents decide on the ordinance itself. and. Unfortunately for them, it's there is no provision allowing for them in their charter allowing for the council to submit an ordinance to the to the residents for a vote, and there's no precedent under state law to allow an ordinance to go to the residents for a vote, and there's nothing under the MRTNA or, uh, to allow the ordinance to go to the residents for a vote. Fortunately, our charter does provide uh, an option for council to on its own motion submit to the electorate an ordinance to either be adopted amended or repealed so i'm confident that our ordinance allows us to take that action if that's what council desires to do but again this is just a a different idea i had based out of that that email exchange with that attorney so again just something for consideration i think uh, we can talk about it in more detail at i don't want to put it off too far because um, Time has a tendency to slip away fast, and, and this is something that I would like to have resolved and settled one way or the other by the end of February, I think. Um, so, again, just something for your review, and, and then we can have comments and, and discussion on it um, at another meeting. Thank you. Thank oh, and then another thing, too, uh, and I can't remember who asked, but somebody asked about a legal update. 
on pending litigation. So there's, uh, there are a couple, um, and I'm not going to get into the, the details of anything tonight. So there are a couple pending lawsuits against the city uh, that are being handled by the city's uh, liability carrier. So it's not permissible to go into a closed session to just give a case update. The only time it would be permissible to go into a closed session would be to discuss a settlement uh, offer or a settlement or trial strategy. So what we could do, for, um, depending on the, the level of interest of counsel, if we wanted a, a high level overview of what those cases are, where they're at, um, I could provide that. Or if you wanted more details and to ask maybe some more specific questions about the litigation, we could um, invite the attorneys, well, the attorney, probably, um, we can invite the attorneys for the respective cases to, to come in and, and give that overview. So just, um, like I said, there's, there's two currently pending that I'm aware of. One's an employment claim that's um, currently on appeal in federal court. And then the other is a um, land use prop, um, ordinance enforcement case involving a couple of uh, commercial properties in the city. That's it for me for tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Um, reports of boards, commissions, or committees? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just have a quick one for SACWA. As I said at the study session, I reached out to their attorney to help with the back billing of the water issue to see what um, laws govern that. As I was doing research, there were several states that allow a municipality to uh, bill back for six years. So um, we're getting information on that so we're not just you know, making some, some plan. Um, and also uh, the rates are going to be going up, but I will share that when they are approved. Okay. Anything else? Okay. Um, any unfinished or new business? We have public comment. Uh, yes. Or anything that you'd like to talk about? The long haul here. <laughs> My name is Elaine Mantina. Um, I've been up here a couple of times already. When I made my earlier comment, I was told by a neighbor who made a comment before me that voters didn't know the gravel roads were proposed to be paved when they voted on the road millage. I find that offensive as an informed voter. I absolutely read all relevant literature to a ballot proposal before I vote on it, and I assume my neighbors do as well. To say that 63% of voters only approved the road millage because they didn't understand it is first of all extremely, extremely offensive, and more importantly, just not accurate. I would like to reiterate my previous comment that this extended debate about which roads to fix by two council people who have decided they oppose is a waste of time and resources when both of these are in short supply and it's also a subversion of the will of the voters. I repeated these comments during the regular meeting when I returned to the room where the viewers are sitting. I had the spouse of one of the council people who opposes my viewpoint tell me that same information that no one who voted knew that paving the gravel roads was part of the road millage. I found that offensive and I said so. He told me never to use the word offensive. And then he told me, take your kids and leave. Take your kids and leave. 
and I'm assuming that he meant leave the city and not the room because it's 9.30 p.m. and my kids are four and six. They've been sleeping for hours. This level of toxicity that we have going on right now, two of our new council people are fomenting this. Wow. And it's not acceptable. If you run on a position of bringing people together, you should do that. I would love to support you doing that. But if your spouse and your friends are telling me, take your kids and leave, that's the opposite of what we should be doing here. And we have seen many people in this city who have left, who are thinking of leaving, who are stressed out and not sleeping and not eating because they're being harassed because they're being told, take your kids and leave, or being told terrible things, it's, it has to stop. There has to be a consequence that cannot be okay. We love it here in Lathrop. There are so many good people. There's somebody, I was in home when it snowed, somebody did our whole sidewalk and our driveway for us. We have so many people, if I need something, I can reach out and 10 people will be right there for me. But then we have this small group of people who are so upset if you oppose anything they say that they will come after you and they will send mean emails about you and they will tell you, take your kids and leave. And I really think that's a problem that we need to address because people are leaving because of that. Tara. Thank you. Is there someone else in the hallway? Yes. Jason's back. <coughs> Okay, Mayor and Council comments. I do not have uh, <laughs> pretty much anything to say at this point. I know that you do. I just was trying to get it out of my mouth that I was yielding Sorry. my time. Okay, so I, I'd like to make some comments as well to build off of what was just said and uh, what was said by several other um, people during public, public comment. Uh, I, I'm going in my fifth year on council now and you know, I know it's late but I do want to say something. We've got a problem. We've got a big problem. Um, we've got a lot of differences of opinion among our council. Differences of opinion are important and they're good because they tend to lead to effective solutions. But the problem that we have is with our council it's flipped 180 degrees, and the differences of opinion have not led to uh, better solutions, but they've hampered you know, our, our effectiveness as a council. Um, instead, these, these differences have led to a lack of professionalism and mutual respect. Um, there's been regular violations of protocol, procedure, and law, and this, this on its own would be bad enough, but unfortunately, the same toxic culture has been imposed by this council upon our administrative staff. Um, it's created a hostile workplace, which could lead to lawsuits, uh, and as a direct result, we've lost multiple talented, highly talented staff, um, and we're on the verge of losing more. Uh, and not to mention the difficulty that we're going to have to hire people into uh, such a toxic, toxic environment. And these are my observations, but I think it's very important to hear what our staff is saying about working in the city. Um, so as a result, I have a few things that I want to read. The first of which is an exit interview from uh, Corey Dahl, who was our DDA and Special Projects Manager who left last week, and, and her exit interview was asked, what could the city have done to prevent you from leaving? Her response 
was unfortunately the council caused a toxic work environment. I thoroughly enjoyed working with the DDA. However, the new council put pressure on staff that made me uh, want to accept a new offer. Obviously, that, that's not a good thing. Um, then uh, last week, uh, the mayor, myself, and several others received uh, an email from the three uh, interim city administrators. Uh, and basically what that email says, in discussing with my fellow interim city administrators, we felt it necessary to express some of our concerns regarding recent communications. Councilwoman Miller's emails are excessive, disruptive, and abusive. Her multitude of ever-changing requests are seriously impeding the ability of us as interim city administrators to perform both our actual job responsibilities and the additional responsibilities of city, admin of city administrator. Councilwoman Miller is blatantly and willfully ignoring the communication procedures that were outlined in both the orientation and Robert's Rules of Orders trainings that were provided in December. Council Miller's, Councilwoman Miller's disruptions have pushed us to a breaking point and something needs to change immediately. The third email along the same lines is one that was written by um, uh, Dr. Mitchell. Dr. Mitchell tenured, tenured, her or tenured, tenured her resignation and was going to stay on a month, uh, but after two months she sent an email uh, to everybody on this council um, indicating that she was leaving immediately, or she actually going on FMLA immediately. And, and in that letter she writes, Greetings. Despite an extensive discussion last evening to resolve certain election-related processes, based on the recent communications, this matter has not been resolved. It was brought to my attention this morning that Councilmember Miller emailed Kelda London, a staff member, after 11 p.m. late yesterday evening. One aspect of last night's conversation specified that appropriate communication protocols from council members should be through the mayor's office. Councilmember Miller sending an email directly to Ms. London was not aligned with last night's discussion. The basis of this email could be construed as to intimidate or coerce a staff member to pick a side. This is unfair to our employees, further it tends to, towards fostering a hostile and inappropriate work environment. Skipping down a ways, I'm also attaching a copy of an email uh, the council, council, uh, council member Miller forwarded to the mayor dated November 23rd. Any reasonable individual reading this email would derive hostilities and disparagement from Ms. Miller towards any individual mentioned. These actions continue to invoke slanderous, pervasive, <coughs> severe, and harmful untruths not based on factual information. This is abusive and has only created for me a hostile, abusive, and untenable work environment. It has become unbearable and has caused me great emotional distress, so much so that my health is negatively impacted and my ability to serve the city of Lathrop Village is ridden with escalating and unmitigating challenges. Yesterday, my blood pressure reading was 208 over 110. My physician clearly indicated I was in danger of a stroke episode and should be hospitalized. And then lastly, she finishes, for the last 20 months, we've been in a worldwide pandemic that was challenging enough. To have to work and perform duties associated with my position in a pandemic, along with having to deal with the constant onslaught of hostilities and abuses direct, directed at me is unbearable, and it goes on. So I acknowledge that there's, there's, there's anger that exists on this, this council, but as a council, all of us need to do much better. We need, we need to lead the city forward and set an example for our staff that fosters a positive work environment where people want to come to work for each day and then they can provide the residents with the service that they deserve. Um, I urge all of us on council, all five of us, to stop and reflect and ask ourselves what we can do to make this happen because we've got to do better if we're going to effectively move our city forward. We're moving backwards, not forwards. We're losing our staff and we're going to lose more. Um, and, and we just, we need a change. I mean, this isn't good for our city and this isn't good for the council. This isn't good for our staff. Well, I would like to respond. The toxic culture was created by 
the person who you just read the email from, at least in my situation. She was spreading it around the city that I was against everything black. The mayor was spreading it around that I was racist. Okay, Elaine you know, Antonin you know was I'm spreading stop it right around there, racist Karen. Karen, No, I'm sorry. Karen, you just you no, just you know, let them read because the thing about it, Karen, you didn't hear at all what he just said. The fact is that you you, you are repeating something that has no validity. I'm going to send and, the letter that I sent to, to the city council over a year ago that was never responded to. I will validity, put that in the No, packet. I'm saying personally for me, mm -hmm. if you're hearing that I called you a racist. Let me let me put it in a different. My way. neighbor was a, lying. Okay, okay. I, I don't know who your neighbor is, and so and I don't deal with hearsay at all because if somebody wants to ask me straight out if I said that, then ask me and I will tell you. But then the next thing, which this is what I do, and this is what I, you know I would assume that you would do in this situation. Why would you call me that? Why would you say that? Seek to understand why somebody might have called you that instead of keep bringing this up to try to make me look like a bad guy. Because I will say this, in the fact of I've been black 52 years, right? Mm -hmm. And so in my experience, there are things that a lot of black people go through. And there's an assumption that we have to sit and say, was that racist? Am I being offended? Am I talking? Are they talking to me different? That's something we go through every single day. Mm -hmm. And you would never understand it because you've never been in the skin, right? And this is, and I'm really saying this from my heart and not to be mean to you. I'm just saying that if you want to know why someone totally, would call you that. I totally understand so, that. But when I was no, asking you would never, questions you would never, you would this never responsibility. Because there's not a, no one I'm not who saying is I, not I, black I in here would understand that. But I'm saying for us to squash this and to be able to move forward, mm -hmm. like uh, Mayor Pro Tim Cantor just said, to try to move forward, Let's have a conversation about it. Was I offended that the fact is that we've had all types of um, all types of uh, events that never had any culture behind it for people of color, not one, right? But then no one ever said anything, and I knew how much money we were spending on that. But then, because I didn't know all of the information, that you come forward and and say that you have a problem with the Caribbean Fest. As much as I pray, and this is how my parents you know, rose, they, they have raised me like this, mm -hmm. the first thing that happened was not, oh, they're against it because it's black. But then when you kept going on and on and on and checking behind Cheryl and checking and, and why did you do this, and then after Ian, it started to make people wonder, mm -hmm. made me wonder, did you just not want it because it was black? Uh -huh. and, and, that's that. something, and, that, and that is something, and I'm, and I'm really hoping you're taking this sincerely from me, and I, and I will, uh, and because I am saying it the best way that I can, because I'm really hoping that we don't have to go down this road Was anymore. that when you had Scott ask me about it at the meeting? So that I didn't the three have of us Scott had? ask you anything. Oh, oh. Okay. So the fact that's is, is said. that because there's certain situations that were put in place. I walked in a meeting, which I heard my words turn around, and there was a uh, foundation member who screamed out, why does everything have to be black? Mm -hmm. Then you had told me also, oh, I heard that you got upset and walked out. How rude was that? I didn't tell you that. How rude was that for someone to scream that? I didn't tell you that. How rude was that for someone to scream that to me? Very rude, yes. Okay, so the fact is, is that when it comes to this beautiful community mm -hmm. that I have learned to love and I've always wanted to move here, you're, you're on already hollow ground where you feel like you weren't wanted, where you weren't wanted back in the day. But now, where I've lived here, but going on 15 years, and I thought things kind of were changing, I feel like we're coming back around the corner. 
in, in every sense, and especially, and again, saying this for all sincerity from my heart, is that the day that I stepped into the position of mayor, all of a sudden everything went to just crap, which I'm doing the exact same thing that my mentor, who I told everyone was my mentor, and I watched Frank by him doing everything. And I followed in his footsteps, and I'm still following his footsteps. But then, the one thing I get from you and from Barb is, it was never this bad until three and a half years ago. So yep. that makes me feel some kind of way. So a lot of this, understand, mm -hmm. is how a black person may feel mm -hmm. when you're coming at them continuously about something that could be racist. Did you ask me? No, it wasn't racist. I've spent my entire life Karen, fighting for justice and equity. You know, and that's I, kind of like someone saying my best friend is black. No, I have no. to tell you. Okay. And if you can ask any other black person, that is basically that is, what you're saying to us. Okay. okay? Yeah. But the fact is, is that I'm just asking you, and I've been saying this through every email, seek to understand. I'm here. We can talk. No, you were in my living room. We had an illegal, well, illegal meeting in my living room. You were we in my were, living room twice. I, thought one that we were burying the hatchet and you came back at me with a knife to my throat. Oh, so God. I mean the thing about it, I'm cool with it. Okay. Because the fact is if you wanna know, you, if we wanna walk through it and we can resolve it, I would love to have it. We can meet on neutral ground. But I would ask you, and I'm asking this from the depths of my heart, would you please stop it? It was never even acknowledged. I sent the letter, it was never acknowledged. I just acknowledged Ian it. Ferguson, no, no, you didn't. Ian Ferguson told me that the city was in bad financial shape. You I just, started you looking totally at the budget. You totally ignored everything I just talked about. <laughs> and this, and this is because why it isn't because communicating correctly. Because Ian Ferguson should never have said that to anybody. No. Right, well, he never. did. So I started looking at the budget. And I started looking at, the, at things and saying, why couldn't they afford $1,200 discount for Supper Club. What, what is the problem? What's going on? We've never had any financial issues in the city. So I started going through the budget. I started asking questions. I saw that the, the Caribbean Fest went over budget. And this, this, this was spent and that was spent. I asked for information. I had to, get, had to do a FOIA to get a copy of the contract. Like, that was not okay. That's what it was, cities do. It was, how it's supposed to be. That is it how should have been public. It should have been public. It is public. That's why you go yeah. through okay. the Freedom okay. of Information okay. Act to get all the information. But I wasn't even talking about that. Well, I that's what I was talking I about, was saying, and that is what happened. And it was twisted into a racial thing. You I have an email it. where you... You just said that I called you a racist. I explained my But I also saw an email that you put out saying that you thought this was a racial issue, and Scott needed to call me in. And I just explained it, well, and I'm saying to you, could you please, regarding That was two Kelly, years ago. Did you, did you have a conversation with me about it? I'm trying to, Karen. Okay. I'm trying to have a conversation with you just so we can move forward. And all I'm asking you is to stop saying that I called you a racist. And if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Because what it is, you're trying to... Well, you told me to say who told you. I don't who, care who, who told you. Who said it? I That's what you care. said. Tell me who said it, and we'll get no, you I never did. I never said that. One second. One second. It's the fact I don't ever want to know who told me. Because if they're not strong enough to come in my face and tell me, I don't care. All I'm asking for you to be my colleague and for us to be able to move forward from you. That's all I'm asking. Okay. And not at every single meeting, because it has been every single meeting we've had since we got on council together that you bring up that I've called you a racist. And I'm just asking you to stop. So, so to, to get this to focus, 
I'll take back. I'll forget I ever read Cheryl's oh, email. Oh come on! Let's That's focus. Not... Let's focus on the email that came from from the three interim city administrators that are talking about essentially being bullied. That has to stop. Protocols and procedure have to be followed so that so that the people who are working in the in the, in the administration don't feel like they're bullied. Don't feel like they're being rolled over. I mean. It's inappropriate, and, and we have to find a way to all communicate together because we have to, again, as I said, we have to move forward. Okay, that's our rule. We're moving forward. No, we're not. I didn't do adjournment. Oh. Okay, because Karen was still talking, and I do believe you have something that you wanted to say. I just wanted to give some updates. It was longer, but I'm going to shorten it up. Uh, so I did attend the municipal Michigan Municipal League uh, newly elected official training, which I highly recommend that we all um, attend. Um, if we look at, if we all took the course, I genuinely believe it would eliminate a lot of disruption among the council and staff. Uh, this training is valuable information and honestly for your good. Uh, so I would just like to list a few Michigan laws that I learned um, at the class. So city council members may not act, may only act as a council. Individual members do not have the right to direct staff to perform any function or activity. Individual members of the council should not be directing staff or interfering with the day-to-day -day operations of the city. Lastly, a, ma a majority of the council is necessary to provide direction to the administration. <clears throat> I'm gonna move on to my last uh, remarks. Uh, this is something I just feel like needs to be addressed. Uh, whatever needs to happen for everyone to participate in the meeting needs to happen. We have attended several trainings and have had several council meetings. <clears throat> At this point, we should all have the wherewithal to, take a, to make a motion and or a second. And no, this does not mean you agree with the motion. In no way, shape, or form is it right for only Kelly, Bruce, and myself and I will say now Karen, who has stepped in and made a few motions in the meeting to ensure that it continues. Uh, I just wanted to say that, and thank you. Thank you. Any other um, council person have anything to say? Saying none, I would take a motion to adjourn. So move. Second. Second, right? You all have a good night. Thank you.